Our scripture this morning will be taken from Matthew 2, uh, verses 1 through 12. For regardless when, when Jesus was born, it's a joy to read about his birth. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time when Herod was king. When Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked where the baby was born to be the king of the Jews. We saw his star in the east and have come this far to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all the people in Jerusalem were. Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law and asked them where Christ would be born. They answered, in the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The prophet wrote about this in the scriptures. But you, Bethlehem, in the town of Judea, in the land of Judea, are not just an insignificant village in Judea. A ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of his people. Then Herod had a secret meeting with the wise men and learned from them the exact time they first saw the star. He sent the wise men to Bethlehem, saying, Look carefully for the child. When you find him, Come tell me so I can worship him too. After the wise men heard the king, they left. The star that they had seen in the east went before them until it stopped above the place where the child was. When the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. They came to the house where the child was and saw him with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened up their gifts and gave them treasures of gold, frankincense, and mirth. But God warned them, the wise men in a dream, not to go back to Herod. So they returned to their own country by a different way. Good morning, church. It is good to see each and every one of you today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I want to say again, I hope that you've had the opportunity to pick up an announcement sheet. Bradley, I, I felt like uh, I was ready to have vacation Bible school. I looked around and, and there were a lot of people letting their little light shine. And I, I thought we were going to get to go to classes and sing some more songs. It was exciting. So if you'll come back this afternoon and tomorrow and the next day, we'll keep singing this little light of mine. Thank you so much for being here. Especially if you're visiting, we'd like to ask that you would stay around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you better. I, I just want to highlight a few things uh, in our bulletin this morning. <clears throat> I want to first of all say thank you to the number of individuals from this congregation 
who have served over the last few months, especially last week, especially in uh, the community outreach and service with Country Christmas. If you went to the program, you saw many from this congregation involved in that, in leading that, in representing companies who donated money for that. If you were able to go to Walmart uh, last week and do any shopping or helping, there were many people from this congregation both working uh, there with Walmart, but also uh, serving, shopping with kids, uh, taping up boxes and stacking boxes and putting them away. So many of you, too many to name, but I want you to know it was an honor to see that, both over at the high school and at Walmart. And I was honored to be a part of this congregation in seeing so many people representing the light of Jesus Christ by serving Him through serving others. So thank you so much for that. Also, yesterday, there were many that came to the fairground to receive gifts, uh, uh, things that they were able to pick out that they were probably going to use and give as gifts. And so I want to thank those who also were involved in that and putting that together. Uh, I, I know Melanie and, and others uh, oversaw that and putting that together. So I want to thank each and every one of you who had a part in that. Uh, many people were touched and the cause of Christ was extended again through our community. So thank you uh, so much for being a part of that. One more opportunity. Tomorrow, the Pathfinders class is putting on tomorrow evening uh, the Carl Perkins party. Um, so you want to make note of that. That'll be at 5 o'clock. If you can help, if you still uh, want to give money, please uh, do that by giving that to Elizabeth Wagner or Heather Robinson. I know they would appreciate that. And if you can come and help, that would be great uh, if you can do that. Also, don't forget about our uh, adult Christmas party coming up on Tuesday. Lots and lots of things going on. A lot of uh, children's parties are today. Uh, we have Love and Learn program coming up this week. So uh, be praying about all these things. Uh, and if you're involved in those age groups, uh, please make sure you're a part of those things. A lot of good things going on in our congregation. Uh, of course, today, in the midst of all that, don't forget, we'll have the nursing home singing over at the hospital nursing home at 2 o'clock today. If you can be a part of that, that will be great. Small groups. Small groups are meeting tonight, at least uh, today. Several of them are. Uh, so look in the bulletin to see if your group is meeting and where and what you need to bring. There will also be a group that will be meeting here today at 5 p.m. So uh, uh, if you're not in a group and you want to be a part of that, please make sure that you're here a part of that. Lots and lots of things going on. And so we're excited about that. I do want to uh, encourage us to continue to remember uh, those who have lost loved ones. Uh, I think about uh, the Shelby family, Dorothy Bulletin's brother and his family uh, in their loss la uh, the other week. Also, uh, Larry and Linda Davis, uh, the Davis family in their loss uh, last week. Continue to remember them. And also the Harris family. Uh, Winford and Sue and their families meant so much to this congregation over the years. And, and, and I was thinking about all the things I've learned about Winford over the last six months. And what a great man that, that he was. And what a great example that he was to this church, to his family, and to the community. And so we appreciate his life and his example. What a legacy to follow. Uh, also, uh, I was reminded that Miss Sue has spent a lot 
of time in helping people in times of need like this and helping to prepare food and organize that. So if you can at all help with that uh, come tomorrow, please make sure and do that and have your food here at the building by 12 uh, noon. So uh, let's remember these families uh, this week. And let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer on their behalf. Holy Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for the opportunity to come together today to worship You. Uh, to lift up our voices in praise, to approach Your throne in prayer. Father, we thank You for Jesus Christ that allows us to do that. Father, we ask that You will be with these families that we have mentioned, uh, the Shelby family and the Davis family and their losses. Father, we ask that You will be with them and comfort them. Uh, Father, also uh, the Gray family and the loss of Debbie Wise, we pray that You will be with them and comfort them. And Father, we especially are mindful of the Harris family and the loss of Winford. Father, we thank You so much for his example. Father, we are thankful, um, Father, for his life in Christ. Father, for the way that he raised his family. And Father, that they continue to be a part of our church family here. We ask Your blessings on this family at this time. Father, we also thank You for the opportunity uh, to be in Christ and through Jesus Christ and our relationship with Him that one day we can be reunited with those who have gone on before us, who have walked faithfully in Christ. Father, thank You for that. Father, we again thank You for all that You give us. But Father, we want to thank You especially for Jesus. We want to thank You, Father, that Many around the world, Father, not all, but many, think about Jesus at this time of the year. Father, what an opportunity for us, and we thank You for that opportunity. We thank You for the greatest gift of all time, Jesus Christ. Father, help us to live our lives, as Winford has and others, in such a way, Father, that people will know about Jesus. Father, not just this time of the year, but every day of our lives. Father, we thank You for that. Father, watch over us. Bless us this morning. Watch watch over us and keep us safe. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. And amen. This morning I want us to think about the star of Bethlehem. I also want you to think about maybe some of your holiday traditions. I have one in particular. I remember growing up and... I remember the day that my dad would pull the Christmas tree out of storage. Oh, that was a great day. Because that meant Christmas was here. And and that meant that we were going to get something. It may have not been much. It may have been oranges and apples. But we were going to get something. And and there were things that, that we would hope for and that we would ask for. But that opportunity, that day, when my dad would pull that Christmas tree out of storage, that was a great day. And he would, we would sit there, my sister and I, and we would watch my dad put that tree together. And we would wait for the opportunity to help him to wind those lights around that tree, plug them in and see them light up. And then it was my sister and I's job to decorate the tree. We would pull those ornaments out of those boxes and we would put them around the tree. You know, I'm sure it was not professionally done. But I'm sure to my parents... It looked nice to them. And so that was an awesome thing. But my favorite part of decorating the Christmas tree was when we were able to put the star on top. 
And when we were younger, I remember waiting. We couldn't reach. We didn't use a ladder. My dad would pick us up and hold us up to put the star on top of the tree. And then that was the last thing that we would connect up to the lights. And then we would step back and we would watch that star flash on and off. On and off. Today I want us to think about a star, but not the star at the top of a Christmas tree. A star that we read about in Matthew chapter 2. A star that was special to those wise men. A star that was special to those who saw it. You know, those magi, those wise men, they commented about this star in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. They also talked about its appearing. Herod asked them about when did the star appear? Let me know so that I can go and worship the child myself. And we also notice in Matthew chapter 2 that the star rested over the place where the child would be found. But I want us to notice something as we look here in Matthew chapter 2. I want you to notice there in verses 1 through 6, I want you to notice something significant about this star. Three things that we'll find here in Matthew chapter 2 about this star. Number one, I want us to notice that this star revealed God's glory. You know, it's interesting that one of the most famous, most sought after Christmas ornaments are those ornaments that reflect things. Those ornaments that sparkle, those are probably the most sought after, the most bought Christmas ornaments of all time. Have you ever noticed why people go out on the dark, clear night and they want to look up into the sky? Why is that? Because they want to see the stars. They want to see the light. The lights that reflect the glory of God. And that's what these magi, these wise men, saw in that night sky on that night. Is that star that reflected God's glory. You know, the Bible mentions about God's glory and light several times in Scripture. For example, in Exodus chapter 13. By the way, go ahead and be turning over to the book of Exodus. We'll join there in just a minute, Exodus chapter 24. But in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21, the Bible speaks of how God's light guided the children of Israel as they came out of that Egyptian bondage. And He guided them by day by the pillar of cloud. But by night... It was a light. Exodus 13 and verse 21. By the day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. God's glory was revealed in that light and it guided them. We also see that Moses, when he went up on the mount to receive the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 24. And I want you to notice particularly there verses 15 and following. What happened when Moses was there on the mountain? Exodus 24 verse 15. Then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, He called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now notice what the glory of God looked like to the children of Israel. 
The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. God's glory many times in Scripture is revealed in light. In fact, when Moses came down from receiving the Ten Commandments, do you remember how the people, they saw the face of Moses, how it was radiant. Why? Because it was reflecting the light and the glory of God. Do you remember on the mountain in Matthew chapter 17, when Jesus was transfigured there with Peter, James, and John? Do you remember what the Bible says in verse 2 of Matthew chapter 17? There He was transfigured before them. His face was shone like the sun. And His clothes became as white as the light. Light in Scripture a lot of times has reflected God's glory. Do you remember when the angels declared Jesus being born into the world in Luke chapter 2? The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The light of a star revealed and reflected God's glory. And it's no wonder that all through Scripture we see that the glory of God is associated with light. Do you remember in the book of Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16 that the Bible says that Jesus called Himself the beautiful star of Bethlehem. The the beautiful star, the bright and morning star. You see, stars do what? Stars reflect and reveal light. Ultimately, The light of God's glory. And you know what? Isn't that the way it should be for the child of God? That we reflect and reveal the glory of God through the way we live, through our example, through the way we do things, through the way that we carry our lives. There are a lot of people this time of the year thinking about Jesus. But are there a lot of people this time of the year seeing the light of Jesus reflected through God's people? You see, that's what's important. We have a great opportunity this time of year to really reflect the light of God's glory. The light of Jesus Christ as people are thinking about it. I'm reminded of a story uh, of a people, a family who had a similar tradition that I described earlier of decorating that Christmas tree and placing that star on the top of that tree. And they looked forward to that opportunity. They looked forward to placing that star and and standing back and looking at, at the glory of that star as it revealed their celebration. But one day the light on that star was broken. It failed to shine. What a disappointing day it was for this family. For that light of that star did not shine any longer. And you know, it wasn't long before sadness was barely replaced with the memory 
of the star. And before long, the star never made it out of the box. But then one Christmas, the dad decided to fix the star. He fixed the light in the star and then once again this family placed that star on that tree and they stepped back and they looked at that star and they remembered again. One writer talked about this story and he said, you know, too many times this story is representative of too many churches and too many Christians. For at one time, that light shined bright. And we're talking about the reflection of a life in Jesus Christ. One time, that light shone bright and people knew. People that saw the reflection of the light in that church and that Christian, they knew what it was about. But then, one day, the light faded. The light didn't shine. And the light in that life of that church and that Christian was put off at first a sad day, but then put off in a box barely even remembered. Let's not let that be said of us. The church that is reflecting the life of Jesus Christ. The Christian that is reflecting the light and glory of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that our life today? Are we really in a sense being that kind of ornament? Not a mere simple ornament on a Christmas tree but an ornament that reflects a relationship with Jesus Christ. That no matter whether it's December of whatever year it might be, but whatever day of the year or whatever month of the year it is, that my life reflects the light of Jesus Christ so that people will know Jesus is the Savior. You see, the light of Bethlehem that day revealed the glory of God. And our light as His children should always reveal the glory of God. But you know, in the next few verses, verses 7-9, through we see that the, the star there in Bethlehem, it also revealed something else. It revealed God's guidance, for it guided the wise men to the child. What is it that's guiding your life? If, if, if I could look at one thing in my life that's really guiding my life, what would that be? Would it be Jesus? Or would it be something else? You see, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
You see, the light of Jesus does not fade. Sometimes we can. Sometimes we can disconnect from the light source. But the light of Jesus never fades. What a message to a dark world. Because people, when people realize they're in sin and they're lost, they realize they're in darkness and they realize they need the light. Let us be a part of revealing that light, being a guide, to guide people to the light of Jesus Christ. In Psalm 119 and verse 105, the Bible speaks of the Word of God as a light. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What is the psalmist saying? God's Word is a guide. God's Word is a guide and it can guide my life. Do people know that in my life? You see, we can't control how people think or how they choose. But our job is to be a guide, to be a light. You see, we should never want people to not ever know who's our Master. Where we receive light from. Where we receive life from. Where we stand and the foundation on which we stand. Jesus Christ. This light guided the wise men to that place. You know what's interesting about these wise men, these magi? Is that they must have known something of the Holy Scriptures and the prophecies of those Scriptures. For see, when they saw the light, they were guided by God and they surrendered to God's guidance. They did not give in to their own plans. They did not give in to their own ideas. When they saw the light of the star of Bethlehem, they knew it was of God. And they allowed it, God, to guide them to that place. Can that be said of me? Can that be said, you know, I, I know that person. I know they're religious. And I know they're not perfect. But here's one thing I know. Even in their imperfections, they are still allowing God to guide them. What a sermon. What a lesson. What a message to a world that is seeking. To a world that is thinking about the greatest gift of all time. Jesus. For you see, not only did the star of Bethlehem reveal the glory of God, the light of God, not only did it reveal God's guidance, but it revealed the gift. The gift. Jesus Christ. These men must have been of some influence. For you notice the gifts that they give. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very valuable and elaborate gifts for that time of history. 
They must have been people of influence. They must have been people who had wealth to bring these kind of gifts to the greatest gift of all time. And they worshipped God. But you know, as expensive as those gifts were, if added up a thousand times on a thousand times on a thousand times, they can never compare to the gift that their eyes beheld. The gift of Jesus. What a debt that was paid through the Savior of the world. Have we reached that place today? Have you reached that place that you realize God's work in humanity by sending Jesus Christ into the world? To live life, John chapter 1 tells us that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He walked and talked with human, humankind. He saw people hurt. He had compassion. He hurt and suffered Himself and became the sacrifice for sins. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, the wages of sin is death, but the, gift of, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, that's not a gift in a box, is it? That's not a gift with a bow. No, that's a gift revealed by a star. That's a gift given in a town of Bethlehem. That's a gift extended to the world. It's the gift of the Savior of the world. Christ the Lord. You see, this gift, it's more than a date. Though the reality is, we don't know what the date was. You see, the gift is more than a baby wiped, wrapped in swaddling clothes placed in a manger. Beautiful story. And I'm thankful people think about that this time of the year. But you see, the gift is more. The gift is what the Bible calls the Savior of the world. What a gift. John would say, Behold the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world who takes away the sins of His people. You see, what makes that story great is that as we come together today and every day of the year, we celebrate the gift of the Savior of the world who gave His life, who hung on that cross, who was buried in that tomb, and who rose from that grave 
given victory over death. That is the beautiful story of the gift of the Savior. And it's our prayer today that you, by hearing that story, the story of the gift of the Savior of the world, realize that without that Savior in your life, without accepting Him into your life, coming in faith and obedience, being willing to die, to die spiritually, to die uh, from your old person, to go down in that watery grave, that death, if you will, dying with Jesus, to being raised in newness of life. Why? Going on your way rejoicing. Why? Because you're walking with the Savior of the world. And as long as you continue in that light, not perfect, but being made perfect through the light of Jesus Christ, you can. When you breathe that last breath on in this life, know without a shadow of a doubt that you will be there in heaven with Him. What a story. What an opportunity. What a message to us and to the world. Have you accepted that message? Maybe it is you're here today. And like several have in the past few weeks, say, you know what? I've messed up. I want to make sure I'm continuing to walk in that light. But I need prayers. I need the forgiveness of God. I might need the forgiveness of my church family. But most of all, I need prayers. You can do that today. Whatever your need is, we pray that you will come and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.